0: hello and happy sunday everyone it is time to get started with weightless and mind body and spirit so we're going to go with our countdown and get ready to have a great show Well, hello everyone. Good morning and welcome to Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit with yours truly, Dr. Carol Penn. I'm so excited to be here. And as always, why weightless? Why weightless in mind, body, and spirit? Well, you know who I am doubly board certified in family medicine and obesity medicine and a master movement meditation and mindset coach. And I chose the name Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit because, well, people do need to know about their metabolism, their energetic imprint, and how to optimize, how to live in the body you're supposed to live in. So how many of you are out there and so many people are fretting right now? I just saw some amazing stats that the average weight gain in the last year was close to 41 pounds for millions and millions of people. There were a percentage of people that lost weight unintended, but the vast majority gained weight unintentionally. So what are we gonna do about it? It's an opportunity to turn the page, not beat yourself up, but to turn the page and really learn not just about, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to starve myself uh, and kind of go willy nilly and I'm going to lose these 41 pounds, but really an opportunity to learn about your metabolism, to learn about your whole system in mind, body, and spirit. So that's the opportunity right now. And the other meaning of what it means to be weightless in mind, body, and spirit. And that's that the lifting of the psychological weight, the lifting of you know, the burden and the grief that so many of us have been under during this past year. Oh, this pandemic has ripped the bandage off of so many things. Well, today, waiting in our green room, and you know about our our virtual green rooms these days, we have my friend and super friend, Dr. Mikael Friedman. Oh my goodness! You're going to learn all about him and learn about what he's up to. And restorative medicine. How many of you want to know what restorative medicine is? You know, it's kind of like they had me at hello. I learned about this organization and Dr. M- Mikhail and his work. Oh, around about 2018, and I can tell you, it's it's been. For me, it's been nurturing and healing. And I just, I love saying restorative medicine. I've I've had the privilege of speaking at a couple of the restorative medicine conferences and, you know, really starting to, to know this, you know, I think a visionary thinker, a visionary thinker. So I'm just, uh, I'm, oh, let me say hello to a couple of people who have already joined us. So yeah, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. I'm looking forward to seeing you this afternoon and welcome. Good morning, Patricia. Looking forward to seeing you and welcome. Good morning, Christine. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good morning, Kenny. Yes, Kenny, as you know, is the artist who created the beautiful theme show for my weekday show, Meditation in a Time of Madness, and the song is Meditation in a World of Madness, Creative Genius, hashtag, yes, arts and the arts and medicine. Good morning, Linda Murray Grove is in the house. Good morning, Rebecca, and good morning, Martha. Good morning, Linda. So, Dr. Mikhail. The folks are up this morning. Good morning, Rafaela, All the way from well, it's not morning there for her. She's in Germany. Good morning, Dr. Kathy in Wisconsin. Good morning, Jonna. So we have a really wonderful audience that's gathered here with us today. I think I'm gonna bring my my friend on stage, so you can just smile with him as I introduce Dr. Mikael Friedman, naturopathic doctor. So we're going to, so good morning and welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Kenneth. Good morning. Good morning again, DM. We have a lot of people that are tuning into this show. And so without further ado, what can I say about my friends and my colleague? Dr. Mikael Friedman, he's the author of a recent book. And I get this title, y'all. There's no pill for this. (laughs) We could just stop right there. But anyway, it goes on. There's no pill for this. A naturopathic physician's personal prescription for managing multiple sclerosis. Just published in 2020. He is the founder of the Association for the Advancement of Restorative Medicine, and the Journal of Restorative Medicine. He also creates and formulates herbal and nutritional supplements, and is co-founder and president of the Restorative Formulation Supplement Company. He is the author of the medical textbook, Fundamentals of Naturopathic Endocrinology, a contributing author of Evidence-Based Approach to Restoring Thyroid Health, and co-author of Healing Diabetes. He has treated patients with illnesses ranging from lymphoma to liver cancer, achieving remarkable results that have been published in several medical journals. He lives with his family in Vermont, USA. Dr. Friedman is available to speak at colleges, universities, podcasts, conferences and similar events. If interested, please email info at restorativemedicine.org, and that is R-E-S-T-O-R-A-T-I-V-E-M-E-D-I-C-I-N-E, info at restorativemedicine.org, with the event details, topic you would like him to speak about, and anything else pertinent to the request. So welcome, welcome, Mika. It's delightful Good morning. to see you. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. So let's let's jump right in. So we have people on watching this morning that are just meeting you for the first time. So how is it that you came to be a naturopathic doctor?
1: Well, I, I studied philosophy and religion before I did medicine and I was planning to go into regular medicine actually. Um, and I went to India, and I was, stu- I was studying religion in India for a while through my university program. And I came back, and I just had a lot of uh, parasites and digestive issues. Um, I was you know, living in a, f- a fairly <clears throat> a rural place in India, which didn't have as much hygiene for a Westerner like me. And um, <clears throat> I came back, and uh, I had seen a lot of doctors, and I wasn't really able to get my stomach back together you know to Mm -hmm. normal and then um, I tried regular medicine and it didn't really work and then I saw this naturopathic doctor and he he treated me um, on a diet and herbs and nutrition and he um, I I got better but the 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 most interesting thing was it, it wasn't that I just got better with my GI also I used to have allergies growing up for my whole life and my allergies went away so I was like oh wow this has like side benefits not side effects and that just really excited me because I was like, I already seen an allergist for all these years, and I I had to do injections every week. I could never cure it, and this time I don't need any more injections. So um, I was just really excited about that. So I was that's when I started thinking about going to naturopathic medicine, and uh, so I just decided and went and applied for it, and you know, so that's how I got into it.
0: And and where did you study?
1: I studied uh, um, philosophy and religion in Antioch in Ohio. But then I went to graduate um, to Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Canada.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. And it's um, and and then also so you've done so many things in your career and you're making such major contributions. Why did you start? an organization with the name of restorative medicine. What is restorative? What, what does all of that mean?
1: Well, I've, I've been going to quite a few conferences um, and, I, and then I noticed that all the conferences were very, um, they were all divided by like certain groups. So one, was, one would be like medical doctors, another one would be naturopaths, other one would be um, different themes and different identities. And I just had, it's like, why don't we all work together? And, and I was like, let's get all the physicians together, whether they're MDs or NDs or, you know, rheumatologists or endocrinologists all in one room and learn about healing. And everything Everybody has something to offer and let's put them together. And, and um, so it, it, that was part of the idea was just like, let's get all together. Everybody, you know, hold hands in a sense and teach each other about, about medicine and, um, and not be prejudiced against one type of medicine. And so that was part of it and um then the second part was i really wanted to focus that i think there were a lot of different um, markers for health which was which would help restore health Um, you know making sure people's metabolism was back to normal all the things which restore health and try to identify what are the obstacles to health Um, and by helping removing the obstacles of health i thought it would be a good way of just Let's teach that at every conference, you know, whether that is stress or whether that's heavy metals or pesticides or whatever it is, we um, work on that. So it's right now we're at the 19th year of the Restorative Medicine Conference, <clears throat> and um, it, it literally it's about I think it's like 55% medical doctors and 40 and 40% naturopathic doctors and 5% nurse practitioners and chiropractors. So it. It was a success in getting both degrees together.
0: Well, it's certainly, I know the first time that I attended the conference was also the first time that I was speaking at the conference. And of all the medical conferences that my husband has participated in, has traveled with me, he always says restorative medicine is by far his favorite. And I I think you could really see that in the exhibit hall, because so much and so many different fields were represented and it was about healing imagine that you know all these people who could contribute something to to healing people who could contribute something to the evolution of humanity through the lens of healing and i think just the uh, the conversation alone in that exhibit hall what I'll have to say was healing. It was fascinating. It was interesting. And you could see, yeah, we all have something to say. There is there's a part here. And if we, if we bring this brain trust together, my goodness, we could shift the paradigm. So, you know, thank you for doing that. You know, you know, people with doctor before, after their name, we have been known not to play nicely in the sand. <laughs>
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been very impressed about how everybody in general has, been. you know, there's a lot of hugging between these medical doctors and naturopaths. I'm happy.
0: Yes. 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 So so, Carrie is saying the world needs this so much. So again, for, you know, this, this audience, this is, this is new. They are just, it's 90, like you say, this is, there's been 19 conferences over 19 years I think more than that because don't you do two two conferences a year in many
1: years? Yeah, no, we've done we in the past we've done three a year and we've also done in South Africa a few as as well.
0: Wow! So you also seriously go to restorativemedicine.org and just click around there and look at what's going on. So Rebecca has a question. Any mental health therapists included?
1: Yes. I mean, we we have everybody come. I mean, anybody who wants to come, I mean, it's not really made for patients. That's about the only patient who we're not too excited about having because it's hard for doctors to have sit at a lunch table with patients um, at a medical conference. Um, But no, everybody's invited. Um, You know, we we actually have a lot of mental health um, classes this year. So for this upcoming conference. So we have a lot of ones on mental health
0: when is the upcoming conference? And tell us a little bit about the theme. Because I think everybody in this audience is going to register. That's the feeling yeah. I'm getting.
1: Well, the, we have one in herbal medicine. It's a three-day one in herbal medicine. Um, and that's in May. Honestly, I don't remember the dates offhand right now. But all right. I know I organized it, but you know, I also have to remember when I have to pick up my kids, so I focus on that. Um, and then we have our national conference, which is um usually in august september and that one is the national one
0: okay all right so they can go to the website yep. and then we have an
1: upcoming one with you yeah
0: <laughs> we're that is it. the
1: big yeah. one we'll it. <laughs> we were, <Yeah. laughs> it's called um unpacking racism in Healthcare," which um, i'm really excited about and uh, it's we've been trying to spread the word and um, we just got the one thing i'm excited about the one organ, one medical organization has just decided to market the com- market this conference to all their group. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a conf- it's a it's a webinar about how race and the intersection of race and healthcare. Um, so, there's that's where people can sign up.
0: Well, so, you know, thank you so much for mentioning that. You know, it's like you you jumped ahead a little bit, but that's all right. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that now. And, of course, um, my extraordinary co-facilitator, accomplice, and now, you know, she is generating and creating, you know, carving her own perspective on this Dr. Kathy Farrar. She is in the audience. She's watching us this morning and so there it is unpacking racism um in in healthcare and it's not just for healthcare professionals so again we want everyone who's watching this morning to go ahead and register one of the features is it is a two for one and we're going to drop a discount code thank you Dr. Mikhail. <laughs> you know, in the chat today, DM is going to be doing that and he'll drop it in the chat. So two people, you can pair up with someone. This, you know, looking at healthcare, structural racism, implicit bias through the lens of racism. It's not just for, you know, African-American people or, you know, or or the people that are identified as other, which are, in fact, you know, the minority in terms of numbers of people in this country. But it's really about that perspective of healing through this particular lens, and there's an opportunity in it for everyone. But that's my perspective. Why was this important enough for you to go through this effort to take on this course and offer it in
1: Restorative medicine? Yeah. uh, But it means something a lot to me, um, the issue. And I I think, uh, you know, so many organizations are all putting sentences out there saying, you know, we believe in this and this. Um, And then, um, but it's easy just to say that. What's harder is, uh, you know, how are you going to work at it? And, you know, since George Floyd's um, um, death and What are we doing to change that? And um, I, I, we need to not just use words or lip service, we need to action. And I think one, thing, one way of doing that is, is you know, trying to go to people's hearts and try to connect with each other and um, identify it and name it. And I think this chorus is going to name it, <clears throat> identify it and help heal. So it does seem restorative. Uh, you know, my, my my wife is working on a program where it's about education in public schools right now in Vermont, where it's about changing the narratives for the children can see um, the voices of others um, in a positive way to for the so the children have a, a framework of understanding themselves and others through the lens of race as well, and and um, I think that's a it's a great thing.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. It's it is definitely an aspect of healing. Boy, if we could shift this narrative and this conversation in this country to 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 move away from from hatred, and and you know, again, move that needle toward the idea of justice, diversity, equity, and inclusion. One of the arguments that I've begin Putting out there is that, you know, if we just look at the microbiome of ourselves and of our own gut, that we need to have this extraordinarily complex and rich inner terrain right? We can't survive without it. You remove any component of diversity of our own microbiome and the host, the human begins to suffer in some way. Disease begins to show up. Uh, Depression can show up. Anxiety can show up because what? We make most of the precursors for those all-important mood-enhancing neurotransmitters where we make them in the gut. So this is, you know, how it ties into our our mental health, our neurobiology. And it's almost as if the answer, it's an inside job. If we just study the terrain of ourselves and also just look look out the window at your own backyard, you don't just see one kind of grass or one kind of tree or, 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 or one kind of critter. Again, complex and diverse. It's it's like as human beings, we are hardwired to live amongst diversity and with others. And we are going against our own best interest when we when we other when we say no, not apart, get away. You know, I'm going to not like you. I'm going to be of uh, fearful of you. So I really do see this again as a tremendous opportunity to heal human beings to to come in and participate so and now and in you know this concept of of restorative medicine which is such a a big concept you know focus on healing and you know the the best of of what a person can do. Is there anything now? I've been talking about the importance of spring cleaning and restoring the gut to health, you know, having people take a look. Because I know, as an allergy sufferer myself, I know when I really revamp my diet and I just, you know, restore, renew, reconstitute, cut out anything that can be an irritant, then. You know, all of a sudden, you know, that that part, those little mast cells calm down and, you know, I don't have to walk through uh, allergy season with red eyes and a swollen head and stuffy nose and a sore throat because I, too, was one of those allergic kids. So what are you advising uh, people now? What What is some of the spring cleaning that people can do, of course, with the advice of a qualified healthcare professional?
1: There's always um there's there, there are a lot of herbs called lymphatics which help drain the lymph system and um, and they're traditionally used um, around the spring season just to help clean so and they come up around right now actually in May so um, there's these herbs which would be good to take as a tea and you, honestly you don't really need a healthcare provider to to monitor this anyone can it's um, herbs like cleavers and burdock which are just coming out right now in the spring um, drinking that making a tea uh, a few cups a day along with a good diet um, can help a lot right now um, help clean you
0: out so i'm um, see i'm going to see ask someone to drop that in the chat so we've got a, a couple of things yes yeah, so there is
1: you could even har- harvest it yourself <laughs>
0: You can even Um, purchase it yourself. Yes. So there we go for uh, restorativemedicine.org. And just want to drop in here. The special discount code is MND. It's $150 off. So $300 to sign up. And it's two for one. So that's, uh, you know, Quite a bargain, quite a bargain. Dr. Kathy is saying, come join us. Good morning, Dr. Dietrich. Uh, Dr. Dietrich is here. Good morning, Ernestina, very wonderful nurse practitioner. And um, all right, so James, my dear a friend and a former mentee of mine, this absolutely has to be looked at. And I'm glad this is being addressed these dynamics of race in healthcare all right all right um oh and we've got a couple of questions from patricia see people i know seem to like to get up early and their minds are just clickety clacking away <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. with their questions we've had a lot of fun um with this particular format so patricia again what is exactly is restorative medicine um dr Mikhail has been entering that a herbal food supplement and lifestyle changes. Please get into specifics. I have multiple comorbidities, chronic pain, and GI issues. How can restorative medicine? Well, here's the real question: How can restorative medicine help someone like her? So, if you were, you know, taking her on um, as a case with, you know, the chronic pain and the GI issues,
1: right? So, I mean, it depends on what the chronic pain is caused from. But, I mean, I chronic pain. Um, for example, I'm just, I don't know what in this case, but chronic pain, for example, is found in people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. And um, I actually I did a study on that, and, um, <clears throat> which got published, where I traced 15 of my patients who had chronic pain with, in chronic fatigue. And what we did was we wanted to see what would happen when their metabolism would go up. And we tracked their body temperature over a three, four-month period. And we gave them a th- the active thyroid hormone, which is T3 versus T4. And we tracked it until the patients got to a normal body temperature. And for most people, not everybody, um, the exceptions would be people who had, like, infections, like chronic Lyme or something like that. But most of them, the pain went away. Um, so looking at pain also as, like, a m- metabolic issue um, you, you know, it is – for people with chronic disease is something which I think regular medicine doesn't always look at. So that's an example, like what is the metabolism which is causing the pain um, would be help Um, and GI issues, naturopathic medicine, herbal medicine has a lot of offerings for, for GI. I think that's where it does shine, Um, you know, help calm down the gut, whatever it is, whether, and we colonize the gut flora. We might recommend um, actually fecal implants. Um, we We might recommend an, we, we use anything which we think would be helpful, whether it's a prescription hormone or whether it's a diet or it's a fecal implant, um, we'll, we'll use it up It's stem cells, peptides, anything which we think has evidence that it's helpful.
0: All right. Well, th- well thank you for that. So a lot of people probably don't know what a fecal implant is, but you know, the research around it is fascinating. Could you, you know, enlighten folks and let them know because they're probably thinking feces
1: so pro um probiotics are um people buy them in capsules um to uh, help restore the gut flora and the the microbiome in the GI tract has has literally billions of of microorganisms and and actually trillions it's huge it's and you cannot ever replicate that by just taking a pill Um, so, and it's one of those things where, um, for example, of ulcerative colitis, um, it's shown to be very efficient and effective where you're actually taking the feces of a healthy person and you treat it somehow. You take, I mean, you take out the fiber and, um, and then basically you implant it into it, into someone who's has some health issues. And, um, the usually the implant is usually about 10 of them um, and, and that really to change the microbiome, it's a way of like really changing the microbiome fairly quickly. Um, currently there aren't many, um, to actually buy that healthy feces and being treated and all that. There's a clinic in the Bahamas where I've, um, recommended called Tamont clinic. It's a UK clinic. Um, and, uh, it's helped a lot of patients. So it's, it's especially with GI problems and people with chronic constipation. uh, There's a lot of things where I've seen it do dramatic results. And they've also used it for people with neurological illnesses um, as well. And it's, it's been helpful. It's changing. It's a way of changing the microbiome very quickly and positively.
0: Yeah. And it's actually, it's an implanted, what in, in the, the, the recipient gets the implant where
1: it's, OK, well, the, the only ones I've ever seen or used or um, recommended are all they're, they're, you, you put them in like a, in a rectal catheter yeah. um, and then you and you put them up and then it, you just you sit there for like 20 minutes, massage the gut. You don't want to um, you want to keep it in you. So it goes right into the di- digestive tract directly.
0: Yeah, it's the research around it is, is fascinating. I think it might be a bit of a, a challenging sell to some. And we've certainly seen this in the research around weight loss. Again, you know, the, the gut flora of a person who is normative weight has, you know, certain ratios and, and qualities. And, you know, those are also being used as, um, you know, fecal, fecal implants. And then it's the recipient It's interesting as this, you know, gets absorbed into the digestive tract and their microbiome begins to repopulate and get re-inoculated without changing too much else, you know, the person starts to lose weight. And, you know, it's there. There must be such a deep and rich conversation going on in that person's HPA access as this information you know, goes up to the brain and the brain does what it does, you know, changes the neurotransmitters, changes the hormones, the peptides and sends those signals downstream mm-hmm. for the body to come into um, metabolic harmony if you will. It's just, it's absolutely fascinating. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. So thank you for answering that question. And there were a couple of people in the chat, they missed the first herb, which was cleavers, correct? Yep. Cleavers and burdock were the, the two herbs in terms of- Dandelion. root. <laughs> dandelion yeah, yeah. that, was, that was one of has for many many years been one of my go-tos and i think i'm going to just infuse it this year cuz it seems that you know ooh you know you know the the signs and symptoms start to happen long before the buds are on the trees, you know, the body is very uh, sensitive to the energetic imprint of the changing of the seasons. Yeah. So, no, thank you. Thank you for that wonderful piece of information and education. So the next place I'd like to go on our journey is, you know, one of the, the big lessons in the pandemic, particularly early on is that so many of us have had to pivot. you know again, you know, I spoke at you know the conference, it wasn't in person. I was right here. Nah. You, know, you know you know unfortunately, oh my goodness, you know, because I, I do miss so many of the in-person events. there's something that happens in that fourth dimension that we can't quite capture um, in in this dimension as yet. And so, you know, big changes, big pivot, you know, what you know, what have been some of the opportunities and what have been some of the challenges in this past year? For myself? Yes. Oh.
1: <clears throat> oh hmm. that's a good question. I, I, honestly for for on a personal level, I would say the harder part was just having children. Hmm had to wear masks all the time and couldn't have play dates. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I would say that was probably the harder thing, you know, for me, it's just like, oh, my kids want to play with their kids and they're not allowed to play right now. Uh, we did a lot of outdoor playing and you know, outdoor sledding right now in Vermont. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, I missed the social interaction um, mm-hmm. and um, I, I have had a lot of family members who got COVID um, and a lot of colleagues who have gotten COVID. Um, and uh, fortunately, almost everybody got better. Um, but mm-hmm. I also know a few people who didn't. Um, so, Try, went, you know, going online, <laughs> doing a lot of things virtually, I mean, that was just like, that was a big thing. Um, um, but, and I, I felt like it was a, um, the political climate was more, was honestly a little more unnerving to me. Um, And, you know, so I felt like there was, the the world was kind of going under a pressure cooker with just like, um, just a a combination of all those issues at the same time with the culture and um, the political culture and the hatred and and the COVID. And it was just like bubbling. It was just kind of like making a, a great way for a new way, hopefully, um, hopefully, for a change.
0: Hopefully, hopefully this is part of all that needs to be shaken up.
1: Yeah, hopefully. it's a big shaken up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, the big shake up. Um, yeah. And, you know, create, to create a new terrain, if you will, a terrain of possibility, and out of this will, will truly come, you know, the age of uh, Aquarius. This is supposed to be the, yeah. end, the yeah. age of Pisces and all of this yeah. turmoil has been written about and predicted, and if we can just hold on to 2025, but in the meantime, what are we gonna do in these four years to change the global terrain so that it is becomes a more just and more humane yeah. society? globally yeah so martha's got uh, some little prayer hands up there so and so those are some of the pivots of the pandemic but you know there was a a time in your life where you thought you were heading in one direction and xyz was going to happen but you also had to make a big pivot a big shift and you write about that your diagnosis of multiple sclerosis in your book with this fabulous title, There's No Pill for This. So tell us a little bit, if you will, about that time of pivot in your life. And, you know, what were some of the decisions that that you've made <laughs> that that resulted in? OK, because I think at one time, you you know, seeing lots of patients and doing the the, the practice thing and, you know, the physicality of that. And then. We
1: get the news of this diagnosis. Yeah, it started. I was driving on the wrong side of the road, and my wife was asking me why I was driving on the wrong side of the road, and uh, and I I thought about it, and I was like, I don't know why I'm driving on the wrong side of the road, and I was like, honestly, I don't even know what side is the right side of the road. Um, <clears throat> so she's like, that's a good question to ask. So we she <laughs> she asked me to go see a doctor at like, so. I was like, okay, so I saw a neurologist and then um, and um, he did an MRI. And actually at first he thought I was just suffering from anxiety. He didn't really believe my symptoms, you know, and he said, are you too young for that? You know, and, um, <clears throat> but then uh, he didn't. And I said, we'll do an MRI just in case. And then, then they referred me to an MS neurologist who said that uh, I, they had never seen as many lesions um, upon diagnosis and he had been practicing 40 years. And he said, you're in my first case who had so many, reasons. he said, I don't know how you got through the medical system this long without identifying it. Um, and when I when I had that diagnosis, a lot of my symptoms started making sense. And um, then I had to figure out um, it was a very humbling experience because you know I'm like, I, I, I was kind of known as the doctor who would treat like really serious things and hopefully get patients better and people came from far to and traveled far to see me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna be my own patient. And I'm like, I'm just gonna go right in my toolbox and use the same things I do for other people with autoimmune diseases. And then um, I tried that. And then um, and then six months later, I was just so much worse. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for the holy grail. To, you know, how do I cure myself? And then and suddenly I, I was just like, I couldn't think it was hard to do so many different things, um, that I had to really, the body started saying, no, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And, um, and and I had no idea what was the next, next thing coming up. Um, because MS is like, it's like, it's like a hurricane. It just goes in your body and it just attacks different parts of your body. And, and for me it attacked like really the two worst places, the brainstem and my cervical spine, which, um, which can make you uh it's 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 considered like the the worst place for like prognosis so i had to take i had to do everything so i was looking for the holy grail you know how do i get better you know what's the drug what's the herb what's the supplement what's the diet and it um i I think and one of the but one of the things that kind of taught me was this I, i couldn't do everything i wanted and um i had to slow down and make sure i didn't lose energy um and Uh, by wasting my energy you know so um for so that meant saying no to certain friendships saying no to like uh, doing too much you know in our society it's easy to do too much
0: well what is so you know fascinating to me is that so how long ago was this diagnosis
1: it was about 12 years ago
0: and 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 at that point, had you already created restorative medicine? You were already doing the restorative medicine. Did, it got a lot bigger
1: after that. Yeah, and the journal started after, so I was still able to do a lot of things, but I had to slip, relatively still slow down.
0: Yeah, well, you know, so that's I'm like, okay, so do y'all hear this? <laughs> You know, so you know, I'm meeting you in in 2018, and you know there's these huge conferences that are you know that have been birthed into the world. So yet slowing down, in one way, you know that kind of yeah. personal, you know, okay, you know, I'm 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 you know going to see you know 30, 40, 50 patients this week, but yet and still. Um, what what I like to tell people, particularly, and these this is the way that I really like working with uh, you know my clients, whether it's one on one or you know small group or like my citizen um, mindset mastery for the citizen leader program, is that yeah, it's so important to know your purpose in life, and it is I believe it is perhaps out of purpose in life and, and, and just maybe having an inner knowing maybe can't articulate it in one sentence that, uh, uh, you know, again, that, that terrain has been prepared. So you could do this, you could do this. It could look this way. It could look this way. It's a magic show. Yeah. So, and, and do you, do you have a sense of that you are in alignment with your life's purpose?
1: For the most part, yes. I mean, you know, it, for the for the most part, yes, it was. You know, I, I think one thing, it, MS kind of makes you need to prioritize, prioritize, because you can't waste your energy doing with too many distractions because you have less energy, so you have to prioritize.
0: Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I know I know several doctors um, with the diagnosis of of MS, and again, you know, the the choices that they've made in terms of, oh, it's almost like the gift is you, you understand what's important. You understand what you need to prioritize and you do that. That's the thing you do. So you mentioned that you had to let go of certain friendships. So again, you know, this is also when we look at truly being healed and whole, that there are certain relationships that are, draining or or toxic or deplete our energy could you talk a little bit more about you know how you know or knew for yourself when it was time to move away from a certain friendship or relationship
1: well part of it was like i wasn't able to keep up with certain dynamics and relationships and and you know one thing for ms it affects your your uh, your mental speed so um Yeah, to seeing guys who just did a lot of banter and joking around, I I had no idea what people were joking around about anymore. (laughs) So I was like, I couldn't join that group anymore. Um, But I I think also the one, anything which was draining, um, emotionally draining or, um, you know, you know, when I got diagnosed, I had, I had a card, um, which the speech therapist gave me and it said, I have aphasia. And it was like, it was, like a medical card saying like sometimes I have a hard time speaking and it says I'm not drunk I'm not on drugs I just hard speaking and I'm I I gave that card to one of my one of my friends and he laughed so hard he thought that card was so funny and (laughs) and then I was like but he didn't really want to know what the card was about and I think for some people like something hard is hard to deal with so it makes people laugh
0: Mm-hmm. so it,
1: it wasn't malicious or anything so it's not like I had bad friends or malicious friends or anything but I think like it's like if you can't meet me with really what's this is other it's not a joke then it, it was too much effort to like because I can't just pretend I'm not having this you know
0: exactly exactly well you know and I think it's so again it, that's so instructive you know I want Our audience this morning to really hear that, you know, the quality of our relationships, the energetic imprint of that relationship is, 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 is it contributing or is it taking away? Is it, you know, helping you keep your cup full so you can truly live and give from your overflow or is it, you know, draining, you come away from it. You know, exhausted, and and you know, Dr. Kathy and I are infusing some of this in our course on unpacking racism around looking at the energetic imprint around uh, these isms and the you know the costs across all cultures to all of us to those of us that are trying to coexist and live here in the United States. And the other part of, of what you're saying that I think is so. And instructive is that when you're in relationship with people, like you say, you know, they laugh, they don't quite get it. You know, you could feel that energetically. That was a a drain. This is not something that you could laugh your way out of or, or not confront. And in so many ways, that's that's also if you're living in a body that's in any way been identified as the other. Whether it's a black body, a brown body, a, a body with uh, you know a more visible type of disability, I did in my 20 years as a dancer and a choreographer, I specialized in working with people who are differently abled. And you know, again, this will come up again and again. You know, who are your friends, and are those friends contributing, or are they they taking away? So I think there's again so much to learn from your story and so many metaphors so when you look at and i think this is important so what are the what's your kind of healing round table so what are those pieces or places or people or relationships that this is how dr Mikael keeps himself balanced
1: Oh, well, it's been limited, especially with the pandemic. It's so, <laughs> like it's my kids and my wife and my mother. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, it's narrowed down the group of friends for sure. Um, but it, it's like uh, it's good relationships and, uh, you know, and uh, it also recognizing the how anything can move so fast and something, uh, what your ability to do something might change quickly. Um, it kind of make, it made me feel like, you know, like, you know, life is really short and right now my mom is, has congestive heart failure and I know her time is coming up soon. So I, I see her every day. So it's really made me prioritize. No, you know, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to go and help her out for half an hour today. So um, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and, um, yeah, trying to be just authentic with all my relationships is, is probably the pivot where I've gone to.
0: Yeah, authenticity and relationship as good medicine. Concept. Mm-hmm. It is a concept. Yeah, I think uh, uh, good relationships, authentic relationships, I do see them as, as good medicine and they're worth cultivating so worth cultivating and you know cultivate those and again be distance you know so many people just hold on to these toxic relationships for many many different reasons and again you know part 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 of my practice with people is really getting them to look you know who needs to be a part of your community um and who needs to be you know close in that that inner circle that inner circle is very important so Dr. Kathy is saying thank you so much for sharing what MS is like for you and the invitation to choose what is important for us relationships etc all right so here's Martha of a, a friends, a audience member, um, you know, who's living with certain challenges, you get frustrated, um, the frustration not being able to function, and you shouldn't have to be exhausted to perform your ADLs and also function without having to explain yourself to everyone. Yeah, that's exhausting. That is, good, you know, the having to explain. And so, you know, perhaps limiting your time and your relationships with people that you have to explain yourself to all the time. You know, that is yeah, hugely exhausting. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for those reflections, Martha. So now I, I knew that we couldn't get through the show without someone asking about a recommendation to be vaccinated or not to be vaccinated. So here we go. So, do you think getting the vaccine is okay for people with multiple allergies and immune compromises?
1: You're
0: asking me. Yeah, I'm asking you. You know, I'm. You know, maybe it's not fair. I get that all the time. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's. I, I think it's fine. People, <laughs> go ahead. What would be the restorative um, medicine approach? You know, to those recommendations around the vaccine.
1: I don't really see it being an issue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't. um, You know, I also don't. Uh, Rebecca, who is answering that, a a friend of hers who has multiple medical issues, got the J&J vaccine upon the recommendation from her doctors. She said she didn't have many side effects from it, just uh, one experience that she's... uh, aware of. And I do know several people who did make the choice to get the J&J, you know, one and done, uh, a person that um, I know who actually had a tumor on her, uh, both her seventh and eighth cranial nerves. So we're talking the face, we're talking, you know, the, the ears. And, you know, she went through treatments and the treatment's been, but she was a little bit worried because of the reports around some people in either Moderna or Pfizer getting Bell's palsy. So, you know, she's in the, she's in the medical uh, professions herself. She's an acupuncturist and she got the J&J. And I have to say, you know, she did well with that. But again, everybody's very individual in terms of their immune system and in terms of of, you know, your issues so that, again, something to talk over with your- I took the vaccine. Say, that healing round table, yeah. right? You know, so you get those um, in, inputs and those viewpoints from your healing round table and then make your informed choice, make your make your decision for sure. So what else is going, you know, my goodness, there's so much going on in the world right now. Talk to us a little bit if you will. You also have you, an an herbal fellowship program training program I, again i i know some people that are watching this morning really get their hands in the dirt they love to grow things some that consider themselves farmers so what is the that fellowship training about and who can take it
1: well it, it's really open for anyone it, it's intended it was intended mostly for uh, people of medical training some medical training because it goes into physiology and everything like that <laughs> so um but it was a it, it, there was a, we felt like there was a gap in in training and herbal medicine and we thought this was a option to train physicians on how to use herbal medicine but it's it's really for anyone in who's a healthcare practitioner so it's whether it's a, a nurse or a midwife or any so we have every we have acupuncturists nurses midwives taking it um mostly uh, medical doctors um, a few naturopathic doctors but um it's this is it's I think third year and um, it's, it's, a, it's online and it's, it's, it's um, we've got a lot of family doctors are loving it so far, the comments um, doing it. And um, it's, there is a probably 20 faculty and it's um, approved for CME credits for American Association of Family Physicians. So that includes for everybody nurses and nurse, anyone allied healthcare professionals. It's also for naturopaths, chiropractors, it's approved. So it's a detailed information on how to use herbal medicine in a medical practice. I, you know, one of the, um, when I first graduated, one of the things I did was I own oh, it as a doctor. I worked in the, in the housing projects in Connecticut. And so it was for um, Medicaid and I use herbal medicine and I had to, I just w- went from door to door and I had a, like um, a big, like a briefcase of basically 30 different herbal formulas. And I, treated a lot of people um, you know maybe 30 people on a day and I just would go in the rooms go over and give them the herbs and um, and uh, and I just saw some so many remarkable results just like diet some herbs um, you know they already were on drugs so I didn't have to give them a new prescription for anything but it was just just some just some like care diet and some herbs just made some tremendous differences on people. Um, and that really inspired me. It's like, oh, this isn't that complicated. You know, if you've got kidney problems, you can give this herb golden rod. I mean, I had just, it was really inspiring to see the results and how people were just so happy to, to get this, you know, and that's where kind of it started from, really.
0: Oh, beautiful. That's a beautiful start. So DM has put in the chat for everyone. There it is. If you want to find out, you can go to restorativemedicine.org forward slash herbal and read about this program. You know, as always, as always, this hour just flies by so quickly. Um, I, I know that um, there'll be a lot of gratitude for the show. I know Dr. Dietrich uh, particularly was was tuning in because she, you know, really wanted to uh, learn a bit more about your story about multiple sclerosis she's a family medicine doc a colleague of mine we actually went to a medical school together and she's you know very very interested you know I- you know in you know learning more about um, multiple sclerosis and you know we have a show called perspectives in primary care and we've both had you know patients uh with multiple sclerosis and you know i i know that i've been involved with you know working with patients in various aspects of my training uh, along the way so again thank you so much for your story uh, dr kathy and i are working with you an arm yes cme ceu approved course so for those of you that need to get credits you're gonna, gonna wanna again you could go to restorativemedicine.org and you can join in let me see if I can pull up. There it is. There it is. Pull that up again. And the coupon code is M, like Mary, N, Nancy, D, Dr. M-M-D. And go ahead and put that in. It's two for more. Couldn't be a better deal. And if you need CME and CEU, um, then of course you will be able, you will be granted those CMEs and CEUs with that. And, you know we we incorporate all of this in. So who do you need to be in mind, body, and spirit to be healed and whole when it comes to this the pandemic of racism and othering and and feeling separate, feeling apart? You know we are meant to be a part. We're neurobiologically, physiologically designed to be an integrated organism that has many, 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 many diverse parts. You know, the, all of humanity collectively, in, in my worldview, in my spiritual view, represents the mind of God, the mind in the heart of God. And so this, any idea that we are in any way separate, I believe harms both the individual and the whole. You know, it's it's designed to be in you know in an interwoven net, neural net that's huge out there in, in the universe. So uh, again, please join us. Please go on over, find out if you're interested in herbalism and that course. Please get this book. There's no pill for this. Can is the book available wherever books are sold? Yeah. Okay, so we could go like get it off of Amazon and oh, uh, a or yeah. Okay, is it is it an audible book yet?
1: Yep, uh, it's, it's an audible and in different languages and so.
0: Fabulous, fabulous. So this would be a, you know, just really, you know, a, a wonderful book to have in your library. Lots of lots of lessons embedded in the pages in terms of and the, the metaphor, the metaphor for how we need to be and and heal and find holism in our lives in our families and in our communities in our homes so i just want to say thank you so much i have just enjoyed this remind everyone please share this widely with your sphere of influence and go on over and listen it listen to the show as a podcast wait listen mind body and spirit is a podcast it's available wherever you get your podcast and uh, certainly, this was uh, this is one for the for the record books. So thank you, thank you very much. And um, looking forward to continuing the journey, continuing the relationship. All the best, all okay. the best, and all that you're doing and all that you're Thanks bringing. Thanks for having me. So deeply, deeply grateful. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Happy Sunday morning come on back here. I'll see you on Monday for meditation in a time of madness. This afternoon is my lecture on the terrain summit. So those of you who have been following that, go ahead and enjoy that this afternoon. We'll see you on Monday morning. Have a great and beautiful week.